awesome pastor. I mean, he's one of the best, in my opinion. So you're very blessed to have a, an awesome leader here uh, at Fifth Street Baptist Church. Uh, like um, my friend Bruce just said, I'm here with my, my wife. Uh, we just uh, celebrated 42 years of marriage. And so, uh, and uh, we were very young when we got married. I just want to, I want to qualify that. Um, and, uh, and so we're also uh, have my sister-in-law Rosa and her husband Orlando. Uh, they're kind of, they have a, they had a place here in the Keys like a lot of people do from, my, from uh, South Florida. And so we uh, invited them to be here with us this morning. Well, I tell you what, I am, uh, I, I, I'm honored to get to uh, start off this cr- Christmas season uh, here at Fish Street. And so, um, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll start this, this season out talking about, about the Christmas journey. You know, I, uh, I, I pastored and planted a church uh, in Miami. And um, if you've ever been a part of a church plant, it's one of the hardest, most exciting things you can do, but it's a lot of energy. And so about three or four years into it, I had not taken any vacation. Uh, we had just had purchased property, and we had spent a year uh, renovating that property and getting it to the point where we could use it uh, to the glory of God. And so quite frankly, I was exhausted, and I needed a vacation. And so we decided that the last Sunday prior, right after Christmas, we were going to go on a, on a, on a, on a Christmas uh, vacation, uh, vacation. Uh, we're going to go travel actually to, 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 North, to, uh, to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And we, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Gatlinburg, but it's a, it's a pretty cool place. And uh, so we decided with a, with a few other families to go in the, on, this, on this journey. We drove straight. We drove 15 hours straight uh, to Gatlinburg. And uh, I can remember as we were coming into, uh, have you ever been to, into that little, little town, uh, that kind of main street? We were coming actually uh, into it from the mountainside of it. And I can remember as we were coming in, and man, it was a traffic jam. I mean, it was, it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was like, it was like I-95 in Miami. It was, it just, it was just bumper to bumper uh, uh, cars, and, but the lights and the music and, of course, the cold air and, and we were, everything that we were expecting. And so I, I, I was so excited, and, and I, I told everyone, roll the windows down. We're going to roll the windows down, and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get that Christmas feel from the mountains. And, and I, we rolled down the windows, and as we we're driving through, I start hearing, Oye, ¿qué pasa, compadre? Hey! And I was like, what? what, what? I was like, this is like the cold version of Little Havana. What, what happened? What? I'm, I'm trying to get away from Miami, and I, and I find all these Cubans are in my, and on Gallenberg. And I was like, I, was like, I couldn't believe it. And, 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 and the more I heard, the more I was thinking, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is not what I, what I was expecting. Found out later that... The big destination for Miamians is to go to Gallenberg during the Christmas season. And, uh, and so we're, they're doing the same thing we were doing there. Well, well today we're going to talk about a, a, a journey uh, very similar in that these shepherds uh, 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 went on this unexpected journey. Uh, it, it wasn't even something they were uh, ex- uh, thinking about, right? And so uh, we're going to find out how to be able to in, to be able to be part and to learn from that Christmas journey. So if you have your Bibles with you, I hope you do. Um, go to Luke chapter two, verses eight through twenty. Luke chapter two, verses eight through twenty. I'm reading from the New International Version, 
And this is what the word of the Lord says. Will you please stand with me in honor of God's word? And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned off, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what has been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, I thank you for this just incredible portion of Scripture that we know so well that we have read often during the Christmas season. But Lord, today I would pray that it would reveal some new things to us, Father, that would impact our lives in a way that would change us during this Christmas season. Thank you for your word. And Lord, I just simply prayed that we would leave here differently as we have come in. And this we pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. Uh, seated. This morning I want to give you four things, four things to know about the Christmas journey. Four things that we need to know about the Christmas journey. The first thing we're talking about is the point of departure. Every, every, every journey starts with a, a place where we need to depart. Uh, we all need to acknowledge, listen to me, we all need to acknowledge where we find ourselves in life today. In this room, there are many people experiencing different things. And before you start off on this journey, you have to acknowledge where you find yourself. Uh, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your children, maybe with your job, maybe with your situations in life. But where do you find yourself in life? The shepherds were in the fields. That's where they found themselves. And it says they were there at night watching over their flocks. Now, sometimes we like to romanticize this Christmas story, but let me tell you something, that the shepherds were in a lonely place. Uh, it was not a, a, a place that you or me would want to be at. Uh, they were in this place uh, that was very lowly, very alone. You see, shepherds didn't have the greatest reputation in the world. In fact, maybe you don't have the greatest reputation in the world. But these shepherds were considered social outcasts. They were ceremonially unclean. See, they belonged to this Jewish religion 
that, that uh, believed that uh, there was some protocol. And handling sheep would disqualify you to be able to participate in religious activities. And so they were truly outcasts. They were truly doing the work that was needed to be done, but paid, but paid a, a price for personally involved in that profession. And to go on a journey, we need to know our point of departure, where we find ourselves today. In verse 9 it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord, the Lord shined around them. I find it quite interesting that the, the gospel, and Brandon spoke about the, the, the gospel just before I came in, the, the gospel first came to the social outcasts. The gospel didn't come to those who had the most knowledge. It didn't come to those who were the most religious. It didn't come to the, one, the, the ones that had the most money. It came to those that were the least of. The gospel came to those who needed it most. And notice the symbolism that they were in a dark place. They were in, out in the country. No lights. Lowly place. And it says that the glory of the Lord shined around them. You know, when we live in a city, we don't understand what true darkness looks like. Until you face something like Hurricane Irma. Does anybody remember Hurricane Irma? Yeah, you can't forget it, right? Do you remember? Because I went through Hurricane Irma. Do you remember at night? How dark it got, no lights, and you can't see your hand in front of you? That's darkness. And that's the kind of darkness that people find themselves today. Notice the response. The response of the shepherds when they, they, were, they, were, they, were, uh, they were surprised by these heavenly hosts. It says that they were what? Terrified. They were terrified. They were, they were probably afraid of the angels. But I also know that when God is in our presence, we are confronted with the truth of our reality. When Jesus confronts us with who we are, we are terrified. We realize that we are nothing and that our sins call us out. You see, if God confronts us, it only brings the realization of who we are and who God is. When God is in our presence. We are confronted with the truth of our reality. Listen, we, we can't fool God. Listen, you can fool your spouse. You can fool your parents. You can fool your neighbors. You can, you can fool a lot of people in your lives. But listen to me, we cannot fool God. And then when we're in God's presence, we know we can't fool God either. It's the one entity that we cannot fool, ever. And that's why in the Bible that we see this constant theme that every time a human being is confronted by the presence of God or his angels, the first thing it says is fear. The fear of the Lord came on them. And we, you have an experience with God, you will experience the fear of the Lord. These shepherds admitted that they were, they were lost. They were lost. You know, sometimes 
it's hard for us to admit when we're lost. Uh, you know, men especially. Now, when I say men, I'm talking about those of us who are of the male persuasion. You know, we uh, have a, uh, this reputation that when we're driving and we do not know where we're at, and some of the wives are looking at their husbands right now saying, yeah, you will not admit that you're lost. You will do everything to fake it until you can make it. Right? Well, that kind of brings us to the second point, which is our driving directions. You see, all of us need direction in life. Can you remember? I'm, I can remember because I'm old enough. I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy. I can remember. Uh, Oscar, I know you're about my age. But I can remember uh, when, I, you know, when we first started driving and I do road trips, I had to buy a map. Now, for some of you young people, you have no idea what a map is, right? You would put it on top of your hood, and you would have to, like, trace where you wanted to go, right? You know, and, uh, and that was kind of how people did it back then. Then, uh, technology started to improve, and, and if you were a triple-A member, any triple-A members, right? Remember the, uh, the, 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 the trip tick thing? Remember that? And you would go to your local triple-A office, and you tell them where you want to go, and they would do this little booklet. Remember that? And that was like, wow, that was revolutionary, right? Where I can, you know, as I'm driving, I'm just, I'm up, right? Remember that, Oscar? Opening these, you know, your, your, your these, these, this little book as you're, you know, as you're traveling. And then, of course, you know, then, you know, then the map quest thing came out with, you know, where you can, you know, little sheet you could download from your, from your, from your computer. And then the Lord provided the GPS, I thank Jesus for the GPS. Do you not? Is it, 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 I mean, in my lifetime, I mean, it's changed how I get around, right? I don't have to figure, in fact, it's kind of it's like for dumb people like me, right? I mean, it's like, it's, it's amazing. I'm driving, I have no clue where I'm at, but I'm getting to my destination, right? Well, the, well we see this, 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 this idea that directions, correct directions, are important in life. Finding people that will give you correct directions and not bad directions. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There are people that will give you bad directions. Do you know folks like that? It's great to have people who give you the good directions. Verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't that wonderful that you have, a, you have an experience with God and you, you, the first thing you drop on your knees, you're terrified, and then God says... Don't be afraid of me. It's so easy to get stressed out during the Christmas season, is it not? Are you stressed out? Come on, let's just be honest. This is, this is church. We, we should be honest. Thank you, Brandon. You're the, you're, you're the one here. We've got my wife. We've got a few. We've got, we got a few of the, of, the, of the, okay. Yeah, it's stressful, all right? I mean, our society has made Christmas a stressful time of the year, Right? No need to, but it just has become that. The pressure of getting gifts, the pressure of making everybody happy, the pressure of family coming in and cooking all those meals, and, and, and it's all this, all this stress involved in, in, in the Christmas season. Look at it. The angel assured them that God is in control of the Christmas journey. 
This Christmas experience, I'm going to tell you something, God is in control of this journey. God is always with us, like OnStar. You have OnStar? You got OnStar in your vehicle? I'm going to tell you something, something happens, that OnStar, I mean, it's always with us, right? Something happens, you got an accident, you got some kind of issue, boom, it's there. Listen, God is, God, God was, God is the, was the first OnStar. He's always with us. The good, the bad times. He, uh, 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 he's always there in this journey that we do in Christmas. The angel assured them that, that he brought them good news of great joy that will be, what? What did it say? For all people. For all people. And, and you, if you think about it, most good news is not for all people. How many of you watched the football game yesterday, Georgia and Alabama? I'm going to tell you, oh, somebody said, oh boy, who said, oh boy? For, for some people, go Tide, right? And they're all happy. And then for the G Georgia folks, it wasn't good news, was it, ma'am? Right? I mean, you know, like good news for one is, is bad news for the other. But isn't that life? You know, you know, people talk about the good old days. Folks, I'm going to tell you something, the good old days weren't good for everyone. Just to be honest, there's just, there's just the reality that in this world, good news for one folks are not good news for others. But in this case, the angel says there's good news for all people, equality for everyone. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in life. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, your nationality, or your race, or your gender, or your age. Listen, God is an equal opportunist and giving us good news. In a bad news world, God is a good news God. The good news was that the angel was giving them the correct and right direction. They were giving the right direction. Notice in verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. And then, check this out. You will find him. Folks, don't, don't let that, don't read that and don't miss out on that. Given direction, but you will find the Christ child. You are certain to find the Christ. One of the best things I like about road trips are the uh, great road songs. You like to sing when you drive? Like put it on the radio? One of, one of our, when my wife and me travel, the first name that we'll always think of is Willie Nelson. You, got, you, you, you cannot get on your road trip and not sing, on the road again, can't wait to get on the road again, right? Come on, am I the only one? Am I the only one? Come on, I should be some honest folks here. Willie Nelson, right? Road trip song, man. That's the first thing you sing. Well, after receiving this great news of driving directions, notice that the shepherds turn on the radio and the angels bust out singing, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men, in whom his favor rests. What a song. What a song of encouragement. 
that the angels sung. Remember that the, uh, the right directions always lead us for the intended destination. Let me say it again. The right direction always leads us to the intended destination. This brings us to a third point of, point of destination. Listen, there are, there are many today giving wrong directions. Many are lost in, in going the wrong way. You know, it it's always amazes me when I hear, I put on the, the news, and I know you guys also listen to the Miami news or the South Florida news. Every so often, you hear of someone driving the wrong direction on an expressway system. How do you go the wrong way? The signs, the road, I mean, everything is in the cars. How do you get on the wrong way? Listen to me, there are people that are going the wrong direction. You meet them every day. It may not be an actual a highway, but our people that in life are going the wrong direction. They're going the wrong way. Don't be fooled. Not all roads lead to God. There's only one road, folks. There's only one way to get to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's a narrow road. <laughs> The world's road is wide. It's an interstate. It's huge. Yet people go the wrong way. God's road is this kind of narrow, narrow road that leads strictly to Christ. Verse 15, it says, When the angels had left them, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. You see, at some point, in the journey, we must say, I must say, you must say, let's go. Let's go on this journey. Because you have a choice. You can stay put, or you can say, let's go on this journey. Every journey has a final destination. My question to you is, where is your journey taking you? You see, life it's quick, short, and I'm going to tell you something. The guys my age and older will tell you, man, it's like a blur. Bruce, I was back there, I mean, going like this. Like, right? Why? Because just the other day, Bruce was a young pup, right? And look at him now. <laughs> I didn't say old man. I don't know who said old man there. Where's this life taking you? Listen to me. There's an end to this, to this thing we call life on this earth. All of us in this room are going to physically die. I hope, we, hope you understand that. I mean, none of us are going to survive that. But see, the Bible says that there is something beyond this, this present life. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if you're an atheist, a Gnostic, but intrinsically people believe there's something beyond themselves. Have you noticed even you want those big award ceremonies? And somebody dies and they'll say, well, I, I know they're up there listening to us. Listen, they're, they're not up there listening, but they're up somewhere listening to you. Because, yeah, every person is going to die and there is a, uh, there is a final destination. It's either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. See, we don't like to use the word hell anymore. 
But see, there's, there's only two places you can land after this life. The shepherd's journeys took them directly to Jesus. It says in verse 16, So they hurried off and, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And this is, in, in my, in, in my, in, in my uh, opinion, uh, reading the scripture, is the first official worship service. Brandon, there you find your first worship. They came to worship. There was Mary, there was Joseph, there was the shepherds, and there was Jesus. And they had a worship service. You see, the shepherd had an encounter with God that led them to worship. Listen, when you encounter Jesus, your, your first immediate reaction is to worship him. They gave him the credit they gave the credit to the Lord and not to the angels. Notice what it says in verse 15. They say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Because listen, when, when you receive the message of Christmas and the message of Christ, even though it may be told by someone else, and maybe someone in your family or a friend or, or someone shared that message, but ultimately it comes from Jesus. The Lord has told us about this. See, to get to the intended right de uh, destination, it must be shared. It must be shared. That's part of what we do within the church, is to share those instructions to others. I already said that there's people getting the wrong direction. Folks, we have a huge task to share with people on how to get on the right road, with the right direction, to the right point of destination. And our last point here on the return trip, you know, uh, the reality is at some point there is a return, right? There's a return. I'm always excited about returning home after, uh, after, um, after a, a trip. Uh, it's kind of like back to reality, right? In verse 20, it says that the shepherds returned after worshiping Jesus. They returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. You see, the shepherds were grateful. See, they knew who they were, past tense, where they came from. Remember that lowly, dark place? And where they had come from, but more importantly, who they had become. Listen, the gospel is about transformation. The gospel is about change lives. When someone is impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ, it has to change you. It's impossible. You just can't stay the same. In fact, if you stay the same, I would doubt your conversion experience because there's no conversion. You're, saying, you're, you're, you're just the same. But it leads to transformation and change. And, and these, these shepherds obviously were transformed. They were changed. They were impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. They say that the spirit of Christmas is about giving. That's why we do the uh, gift, ex gift exchanges, right? People today don't know why we do that, but it's because it starts off with this gift that we received. 
In verse 17, it says that when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And in verse 18, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Folks, I want to let you know something. The Christmas story is an amazing, true story. And we gotta, we got to be careful uh, not to allow, because we've heard it over and over again, for it to just become redundant, and we just don't really uh, enjoy the truth and the impact of that story. It has survived over 2,000 years. Then let me tell you something right now. Every generation is in danger of not passing on that story to the next generation. Today there is a political correct movement to wish people a happy holiday. I hate that. It it drives me nuts. When somebody says happy holiday to me, I say Merry Christmas. Right? I mean, you can say whatever you want to say, but I'm not going to repeat happy holiday. Because happy holiday, what it's doing is eliminating Jesus from the equation. Don't fall into that trap. I know something very simple, but it's, it's just, that's how it begins. It's been commercialized. It's been abused. Listen to me, we have the truth. And it's the church, it's God's people's responsibility to be able to share that message. Please remember your encounter with the Savior and share that message. I, I guarantee you that when you do, people will be amazed. They'll be amazed. Just like when the, when, the, when, when the shepherds shared that news with others, the folks were amazed. But you know why they were amazed? Because they seen these shepherds and they knew who they were and they, how, what kind of lifestyles they live and, and now their new individuals are transformed, they're changed. Listen to me. I would challenge you, is your life reflecting the love of Christ? Does your, does your uh, encounter with people Share just by your presence the love of Christ. I guarantee you people will be amazed. The Christmas story is a story that we need to tell over and over again. I want to I I recap what we learned this morning. First of all, there's a point of departure. Acknowledge today where you find yourself in life. I don't know where where that's at, but God has brought you here for a reason. Where do you find yourself in life? And what has to happen to change your reality? Secondly, the driving directions. Not all roads lead to God. That's what the world says. That's what people say. Oh, you know, it's all, it doesn't matter what religion you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. You know, we're all going to get to the same destination. No, folks, that's not what the Bible says. Only one road. Jesus said, I'm the way. It's truth and life. Thirdly, there's a point of destination. Never forget, the right direction always leads to the right destination. And then finally, the return trip. We need to share the good news with all people. With all people. Not just people who look like us, of our same economic status. No, all, all people need to know Jesus.
So this morning, we're going to have a time of uh, invitation. We're going to have a time where we can respond to this message. And I would hope that, be it you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that today you find yourself in a place that you need to make a decision like the shepherds did, or maybe you're a believer and had an encounter with Jesus, but man, you need to be back on sharing the gospel. Whatever that is, I would, I would hope that today would be that decision as we begin the Christmas season in 2021. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this passage. Lord, it was, for me, it, it was very impacting, Lord, to understand this thing on this Chris, Christmas journey. Lord, allow, allow us today, Father, to respond to the message, to your word. It's not me. Whatever that may be, Father, we would not hesitate. If we find ourselves in a lonely place, in a dark place, that we would come forward and we would just admit that and, and just say, I need, I need the right directions. Father, maybe some here just need to uh, get back to uh, sharing that message clearly with others. Some need to join this church. Some need to uh, be baptized. Whatever that decision is, Father, I would pray that today, on this first Sunday in December, that this would be the day. And this we pray in Jesus. Amen.